So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, I did it. I hit record. All right, I hit record. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Lanyaps? Lanyaps! Lagniape? Lagniape. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that (laughs) totally reminds me of a thing already. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing down a note so I can tell you after you say the other things. All right. So, yeah, welcome to our podcast. I am Ned and this is Meg. Hi. Hi. Uh, And we are going to ostensibly talk about art and design but really it's going to be about the reunification of europe uh or reunification of germany but you know funny but funny um funny uh (laughs) so a couple of housekeeping things if you want to get a hold of us you can uh email dana our uh ceo and founder co-founder founder she's it's her fault um yeah it's her fault yeah so dana that's d-a-n-a at fcbm.io uh if you don't like this episode, we have a massive back catalog that we try to keep up and maintain. So you can also listen to that. Um, we don't have any advertising. So if you're getting weird ads injected, you can go to our website and not have any ads. Um, yeah. And yeah. So like that. Um, did I miss anything? I think that's it. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, our website is fcbm.io if you need to go there and actually see, listen to the iTunes or the, the what? What is this? I don't know. It's a podcast. Listen to the podcast. podcast. Yes, listen to other episodes. Listen to your iTunes. Yeah, listen to your iTunes. It's an iTunes singular. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so that's our that's our deal. So, uh, lanyap. Um. Yeah, you thought of a thing. So, what the fuck is a lanyap? First of all, it's spelled uh, L A G N I A P P E. I believe that is correct. Let yeah. me just double check. I mean, that's um, according to the Wikipedia article. I'm oh, you're looking at, at yes. it right now. <laughs> I I had it written down. And so I the only reference I had was myself. I've yeah. inspected myself and found no evidence of wrongdoing. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Lanyap. I, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's like a small, like, it's like a little treat that you get or like a little extra thing that they give you when you buy something. Yeah. But like, I've heard it used in a bunch of contexts that are non-commercial as well. So like... Um, not necessarily having to do with like getting a treat with a purchase or like mm-hmm. gift with purchase or whatever. Like a lanyap has also been described to me, maybe erroneously so, yeah, as like a a surprise little thing, a su- like a little bonus, regardless of the context. Right. So Wikipedia suggests that um, it's traditionally a small gift given to a customer by a merchant at the time of purchase, mm. such as the thirteenth donut on a purchase of a dozen. Aha. Um, but more broadly, and I think this is kind of what you were talking about, uh, something given or obtained gratuitously or by way of good measure. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty sure it has to do with New Orleans. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, the etymology, according to Wikipedia, as of February 23rd, 2023, um, after the Spanish conquered the Inca empire, um, certain, uh, Q U E C H U A, Quasha. Oh, uh, 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 
are, Oaxaca. are you? Uh, let's see. There's pronunciation. Quechua. 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 Oh my gosh. Sorry, okay. I had I had no, to look no, at it good. before yeah, I could. Quechua. Quechua words entered the Spanish language. The Spanish Empire for a time also included Louisiana. Um, so there was a, a Spanish presence in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, and in his book, Creole of Louisiana, George Washington Cable comments on the effects of Spanish presence in Louisiana, Louisiana Creole French, um, in which he mentions that um, he mentions Lanyap. So, oh, so um, it is a Creole French word. Yeah. Or uh, Spanish Creole Spanish. Spanish. Word. Yeah. Spanish word. Yeah. Um, it's derived from the South American Spanish phrase uh, La Yapa, or I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So Lanyap. Um, cool. Yeah. I love, I I have a, like a collection of Lanyaps, I guess, like little yeah. things that I get. And like, I think lots of times it's like little trinkety things you might end up with. Mm -hmm. Well, I um, the ones that stand out in my mind the most, um, which is makes sense because you and I both are big fans of the Hobonichi sort of family yes. of products. And every time I place an order with their store and it ships from Japan and when it shows up, um, I always get the products that I ordered plus like a pen and um, oftentimes like a little lanyap. And I don't consider the pen necessarily the lanyap. I think it's usually more like I think last time the one that stands out in my mind is I got a tiny little spoon, like a oh, really tiny yes. one. Um, and with a smiley face with on a it. With a smiley face on it. Yeah. Like like smaller than your pinky. Mm -hmm. like, like a drug spoon. <laughs> like a drug spoon. Yours, <laughs> I think it, when I looked at it, yeah. it's slightly, it's roughly the same size as my pinky. I mean, yes. our pinkies are exactly the same That's size. That's true, right. So. I meant to say uh, the same size as our pinkies, yes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I, I looked at it and I thought, hmm, if you filled up the bowl of that spoon, it would be a hefty dose of whatever it was. Yes, yes. But nonetheless, yes, I thought it was, <laughs> if you carried it around on a keychain or something, people would presume it was a yes, spoon. Yes. <laughs> I totally thought that. That's why it is yeah. still affixed to the little mm -hmm. paper card on which it arrived. Uh, and it's upstairs on display with my, uh, on like a shelf of stuff that is yes. basically all other little lanyaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think one year they sent me a little like cast, like a, you know, like a pewter cast bear. Um, I I always yeah. get these funny little little trinkets from them that I, or these little lanyaps that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. Another kind of, uh, so also of note on the Wikipedia article is that um, in Ireland, the term lucky penny um, mm -hmm. or luck penny, all one word, denotes a lanyap. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, I found a website called culinarylore.com that talks about a lanyap being an old Louisiana tradition in the French Quarter um, and the word also being somewhat familiar to people among other states of the Gulf, like Texas. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in Louisiana, it was part of the the protocols of a business, like grocery store owners or shopkeepers would often lanyap, offer lanyaps to customers, um, especially to children. Mm -hmm. and, and apparently it was so common that like little kids would ask for it, like they came to expect it. <laughs> Oh, interesting which i think is really cute so yeah. it was like oftentimes it was like um 
seen as like a competitive practice between stores. So different stores would offer different little treats in a sort of competitive way. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would offer sweets or fruit or baked treats or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this article also says that a lanyard may also be a tip in recognition of services. So they say the word may be applied to any unexpected bonus that comes with something else. So um, I thought it was interesting that these this article talks about it in the context of food, which is really cool. Um, Interesting. And of course, yeah. Creole food is like great food. We have a restaurant here called Brasa that does Creole food, and it's like one of our favorite places to eat. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. So delicious. I, I enjoy um, like Creole seafood, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it, that's kind of a redundant statement because usually like at least Louisiana Creole food is very kind of mostly seafood, mostly seafood but <laughs> yeah. um, but I just enjoy the like... Um, I, I don't know. I prefer that kind of I like I like Japanese seafood and sort of southern creole seafood over um sort of northeastern seafood. I find mm, I yeah. find or like British seafood, I find like um like cold deep water f- white fish that's just been like breaded and deep fried being like kind of fine, fine but like also not that flavorful if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, and that's not to say that there aren't amazing food restaurants that I've eaten in the Northeast. And I'm not by all means like, you know, just sort of bagging on that. I just I, I do. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, a, as always, let me uh, qualify all of my statements and retract all of them until they have no weight. Um, <laughs> until they have no meaning or yeah, weight no, whatsoever. no meaning or weight. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I um, feel this strongly unless I don't. Unless I don't, in which case, ignore everything I've said. (laughs) Um, I I was uh, making some notes here about our conversation, and I wrote, regional seafood competitive rankings, New England, frowny face, Creole, (laughs) smile. (laughs) It is decided. It is decided. (laughs) Done. A clap of thunder just echoed over Boston. Right. Right. Um, um, I guess I would kind of have to agree with you. Like yeah. I appreciate a good lobster bisque oh, or like yeah. a, cl- a clam chowder, like yep. a New England clam chowder. The other clam chowder that's like a tomato base, I'm not a huge fan of. It, and I can't remember where that comes from. Do you? Uh, oh, New York. New York. Says. That's it, a New York clam chowder. It also occurs to me that um, the food locations really reflect the climate. Like living mm. in Southern California, of course I prefer like less fatty, like sort of more acidic kind Mm -hmm. of fish flavors that are that are like quote fresher as opposed to like the warmer heavier heavier fattier fish and heavier dishes that you would want in a warmer in a cold climate where yeah you you know and of course that like it just occurs to me it's like yeah when i'm in new york or like i go to the east coast it's like fucking heavy cream based clam chowder is fucking amazing lay it on you know extra butter on those rolls thank you very much like so what you're really saying is you don't appreciate decontextualized (laughs) clam chowder exactly Context dependent love of seafood. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I'll make a note of that as yeah, well. Please. Context yeah. dependent. Yeah, that frowny <laughs> face is very context dependent. <laughs> Two exclamation points. Context mm-hmm. dependent. Let me qualify our previous statement of frowny face. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, what other lanyaps do I like? Um, the ones that come with Hobo Ninja are always great. In fact, yes. the little like fold up paper that they give you that like is the it's like a little pamphlet that comes with yes. Hobo Nichi. That I also feel is a lanyap in a way because, yes. for example, this year, the way that it folded up in this kind of little origami shape of like yeah. layers on layers creates this great little pocket. So I got some archival mounting tape and I mounted it to the inside of my Hobo Nichi. So I have like a little pocket in there now. <laughs> That's awesome. And one of the other um, little fold out like posters that they sent with one of the Hobonichis, I ended up making into the cover for the Hobonichi so I could look at it all the time. Oh, smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. I have not been. Oh, so I got, um, I bought one of their covers for the Hobonichi that's like sewed fabric. Oh, um, how did that go? I have two of them. Um, one of them. So. I my Hobonichi is the um split into two parts for the year. And mm-hmm. so and it's also the A6 size, which is smaller than your A5 size. It's like so, half of half of mine, yeah. Yeah, it's half of yours. Um which is a whole thing. Talking about metric paper sizes would be a fantastic podcast at some point. Ooh, yes, I'll they make are that. fantastic. Um anyway, the uh my point was that um, so I have not been covering my Hobonichis, um, but the fabric covers I do like okay. They have pockets and places for pens and things. Um, okay. And the one that I got actually fits just a, a half a year perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty pleased with that. And it also fits the um, Le Pen in the pen holder like perfectly. Oh, so, nice. And the way the pen slots into the pen holder, it like locks it shut because it's like two loops, one loop on each side that overlap. Oh. And then you feed the pen through the two loops, and so then it locks the whole thing shut. It's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's very simple and and really well thought out. Um, wow! I should, so where did you get that from? The eleven oh one dot com. Yeah, from okay. their from their English store. Yeah, I'll, after this we can we can chat a little. I'll show you, and you can decide. Yeah, because I I would be interested in getting one of those too. I always make mine the same way that I made books in like elementary mm-hmm. school and and junior high and high school book covers by out of like well this time this particular time is very bright it's yes. blue yeah and it's made out of a blue amazon grocery delivery bag nice yeah and in the upper right corner it says be sure to chill be sure to chill <laughs> because it was like my frozen foods came in the yes. blue bag yes. <laughs> it's for easy identification and then i turned that into a you just need to calm the book cover down. just fucking calm down um <laughs> And then I put stickers all over it because, yeah. of course, I do because I can't. I can't right. I, I'll never get over stickers. I just love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> the book is basically like an excuse to put stickers on something I get to look at regularly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I need to. I want to get um, for my Dungeon Twenty Three journal. I want to order some Dungeon Twenty Three stickers to plaster all over. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've seen some really cool artists um, making stickers for that and oh, they just neat. haven't made the, they they've made the the graphics for them but the stickers have not become available yet. So I'm still waiting. We should that. talk about the the one that you just did with the ossuary. It's so great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um so I uh if you if this is your first episode or you missed the one where I talked about Dungeon 23, it's a um it's a like a you know those stupid hashtag challenges. It's basically that um but <laughs> like the ice buck tri- like the challenge, ice buck but challenge not stupid but not but not well different stupid um <laughs> less pretentious <laughs> less pretentious maybe um sure yeah like it doesn't claim anything but uh, basically uh there was this guy um and i will look up his name right now 
So uh, essentially, hashtag, hashtag Dungeon23 is this idea of like every day you write a little, you describe, draw, write a little description um, of a dungeon room mm-hmm. with the idea that at the end of the year, you have this mega dungeon. And mega dungeons are these like um, it Dungeons and Dragons slash tabletop role playing games. Um Often, like one of the early back in the day, like one of the early sort of adventure climates or adventure uh, like spaces that people imagined were these like mega dungeons where, you know, yeah. it's just like each floor had different themes or whatever. And there were different adventures to have in there. And you kind of role played your character in there. And um, if you're not familiar at all with tabletop role playing games, I could wax on forever about it. Um, but. <laughs> Um, the, uh, essentially, um, there was this, uh, this guy who actually created, it was a game designer, um, and let me, or is a game designer. Let me see if I can find his name. Yeah. So, uh, this guy, Sean McCoy, um, just kind of tweeted, he's like, Hey, do Omega dungeon for 2023, 12 levels, 365 rooms. So, you know, one level a month, 365 rooms at the end. Um, and he, he kind of basically was just like, oh, here's that kind of thing. And then a lot of people in the community were like, fuck yeah, this sounds amazing. And everybody's kind (laughs) of taken their own take on it. Um, And it inspired me. And I'm absolutely not following like the, the more traditional route. Like, um, you know, my dungeon rooms are not always dungeon rooms and they're not ever connected. It's just sort of like single, Mm. single scenarios. Like you said, like I did the, the orchid of the ossuary. Um, Yeah. And if you're not familiar with what an ossuary is, um, that is a very cool thing as well. It's basically a container for um, dead for dead remains, right? Human skeletal remains. Uh, And sometimes, and the thing about an ossuary is like it can either be a container, um, or Or like a room. Sometimes it can be a room. Um, So, like. The largest ossuary uh, is considered to be the catacombs of Paris, which is like all of the catacombs constitute the ossuary, right? Like it's the place where all the bones are put. So um, I think probably most people think of an ossuary as like um, like an ornate chest or something or some kind of stone vessel like a – Like a sarcophagus. Like a sarcophagus kind of thing, yeah. Um, Yeah, so – uh, there's like the Skull Chapel in Poland. Oh uh, yes, it's beautiful. Which um, human bones and remains like basically line the walls and the skeletons. Like it's uh, the the skulls and they're and in the a bones, pattern. They're, they're arranged. in a pattern. Yeah, like it's not just used, like a stack of them. Like yeah, like they're used to kind of build and construct this building, um, which is, I think, kind of a cool. You know, Western culture, like we think of skeletons and human remains as like, like doing something with that is like maybe disrespectful or, um, you know, like we have a very prescribed way and everybody has a very Mm -hmm. prescribed way of, or not everybody, but many cultures have that, like that concept of like what you do with the dead remains as, as a matter of respect and a matter of, you know, and so one culture might consider some other cultures like treatment of the dead as like just absolutely terrible and insulting or you know it's very like when i was in new orleans speaking of new orleans (laughs) recently they really can't bury their dead because 
Um, it's all water. <laughs> because it's all water. And so if you put them in the ground, they come out of the ground pretty yeah. quickly, like within the year usually, depending. And so they have these above ground, um, I can't remember what they're called, but essentially ossuaries, right? Yeah. Where they're putting the remains. Um, and of course, this conflicts with this sort of Catholic um, tenet of like, you must be buried whole in the ground in order to be risen, right? And the Catholicism recently approved um I think uh, what's it called, um, burning or, or uh, cremation. Um, mm. But but my point being is like you know how people treat their dead is is very varies widely depending on their beliefs, etc. Mausoleum, that's mausoleum. the name. Yeah, the I could I couldn't think yeah, of the word. You. I was like, it's not yeah. vault. It is a vault, but it's not. That's not the word right. for the vault. It's like right. a yeah mausoleum. Anyway, um, I, I, an ossuary. <laughs> uh, you know, so I drew I I. I I've kind of fallen into this pattern of every day I come up with um, an alliteration. Uh, ah. And so that's why it's the orchid, orchid. of the ossuary. Um, and then, you know, and I just kind of drew a little map of a room with some places for bones and then an orchid growing in the middle. And then this particular orchid is sort of poisonous and draws its its nutrients from the remains of the dead. So That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my... Um, my take on that particular for that day that was a couple days ago I think um, if you came into delivery of a man-eating plant and had to feed it people to keep it alive would you do it uh I mean no like I like would I murder people in order to feed a plant <laughs> I mean just no like I I just like no. I love the idea of it sure <laughs> but the reality is like no like I you know murder is there's many levels Wrong. of things that keep me from murdering people, like setting aside <laughs> my internal beliefs of like autonomy and respect for other living beings, like just the practicality of it. Right. Like, right. It is a high energy endeavor that requires a lot of planning and effort and um Usually help, too. I mean, you're going to need it's, somebody to help you move a body, which like, means somebody else is going to be in on it with you. And then you have to trust them or yeah. kill them. I, I can't. So <laughs> I feed them to the plant. Yeah. Like I think about um, like one of the reasons I just have no interest in hunting um, is that you have to deal with these dead animals. And like a yeah. deer is a massive fucking animal now. Yeah. And you have to fucking process that shit. And I'm not like, I'm not necessarily like squeamish about blood, especially like other people's blood. Like my own uh -huh. blood makes me feel a little bit. Same. Um, but <laughs> I'm weird when, about mine, but nobody else. When other people me. are fucked up around me, like I usually have no problem just like jumping in there and doing what I can. Like, you yeah. know, I, if I'm the one who has to sit there and hold pressure on a gaping wound, like I'm fine with it. Like that's not going to bother me. I mean, right. I'm going to be concerned about this person but like i'm not going to be sitting there like trying to retch or whatever anyway <laughs> um don't ask Go me on. how i know this uh but um you know you learn these things about yourself over the sure. years um yes. anyway uh yeah so like i i've had um this sort of titling mine like we like titles and we like titles for our podcasts and we like mm -hmm. to think of good ones um and so that's kind of been one of the exercises for me is like every day. So like some of the last ones I had was like Hall of the Halfling Heroes, Contrived Ooh. Contraptions of Kefel, um, mm. The Tainted Tavern of Tarn. Um, oh. I just today finished um, this morning over coffee. I finished uh, Singing Serpents of the Seraph. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the, say the tainted one again. That to me sounds kind of like it might be an underground sex club. <laughs> 
the tainted tavern of Tarn. <laughs> yep, nothing about that contradicts what I first thought. So, and That's the funny great. thing about it is the description of it. Um, I will, I'll send you a link to where I posted on Reddit. Um, okay. I yeah. If you're listening to this and you're interested, I am posting pretty <clears throat> regularly in um the subreddit Dungeon Twenty Three, um, and you can easily find my posts because there's not a lot of us um doing that. So. Oh really? Um, I, I like mean, how- there's a, I would say there's probably like ten or eleven like real active posters in that in this location. Like other people are posting on Twitter. Um, yeah. I found Reddit to be my flavor of where I wanted to share the my work. Um I don't like Twitter is just yep doesn't really do it for me. Um it's it's too broad, I guess. Um I love the I love Reddit for this. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really great because the people um the people who are uh who are doing it are there for a real particular purpose. Um, And so I don't get as many like random, I mean, I Twitter, my Twitter handle, like people don't really engage with me on Twitter, which is fine um, Mm -hmm. because I don't really give a shit, nor do I work hard to have that happen. Um, But uh, in Reddit, it's like everybody's here for the same reason. And so it's very easy to stay on topic and talk about it. And um, yeah, I think Reddit is the Reddit's like kind of the, um, I read an article recently about how, uh, Google is dead and Reddit is the new Google in the sense of like finding information because when you Google things, the advertising is just so it's oh, impossible it's to find reasonable resources. Yeah. And also um, one of the things about the internet is that people uh, companies have figured out that the resource is views, right? The resource is getting people. And so the way you control people you control your information. And so um, Google has lost more and more access to return searchable data because more and more data is being sort of walled into these gardens. Like more and more data is in Twitter in, you know, which Twitter is kind of exposed to Google, but um, like TikTok, uh, all these like social media environments where people are posting and writing a lot of like really quick, like thoughts and ideas. That's like modern or immediately, relevant information to like today or like this last week is Mm -hmm. becoming more and more of a walled garden where the only way to access it is to go into that garden like facebook all the big multimedia or all the big um social media companies are basically controlling that so that search engines can't return good hits to you and so Mm -hmm. people are posting you know writing less and less on websites and more and more in these like walled gardens and even websites are becoming more and more walled gardens because they are trying to maximize their revenue of people coming in and viewing their ads so um anyway so reddit is this sort of like um you know if you don't know this if you do a google search for something um, add Reddit as one of the terms so that you can look and see what people are saying about it in Reddit and you oh. may actually get useful information again as opposed to, you know, now where you're just like the first three pages are all paid advertising in some form or another and none of them are useful. You're like, I was looking for a good blender and now I'm buying a car. Well, I'm being told I should buy a car. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, you get my point. Um, yes. Yeah, it just confounds it. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I was here for this, and now this. Is, what is? Yeah. Um, use. Uh, I dropped my pen, and now I think the tip is 
damaged. No. Is it a uh, is it a um a Le Pen? Um it's not a Le Pen. It's very similar to a Le Pen that um a friend of mine gave me as a gift. Yeah. And it's got a like a really fine Yeah. tip on it which I love. It's like writing is great and it's a gel pen, but it's got I think a roller ball in the tip. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now the the ball I think is messed up because I oh, I accidentally well. dropped it with my dumb right hand. Yeah. <sighs> and it hit the tip on the floor. It's uh, a hard floor. So now it, it when I ever occasionally it won't actually produce ink on the page when I'm writing with it because the ball is damaged. Anyway, um well that's really cool about the Dungeon 23 thing. I I'm yeah. looking at Reddit right now and the one that you just posted um the Tainted Tavern of Tarn yes. is super cute. I love how you have like um I, I like your use of color because uh, I know you've been using the watercolors and it yep. looks especially great to me on the like overhead view of the bushes and trees and stuff surrounding the tavern. Yes. And the I like how it makes the pebbles of the walkway look. And also I really love how you have like the overhead sort of like um, round light patterns cast by the lights on the walls. That's great. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. I've been I well one done. of the one of the really wonderful things about doing this every day and to be clear i don't every day do this i have an entry for every day like oftentimes sunday evening i do three or four for the week and so then Mm -hmm. that way during the week when i have free time um i the the original poster um what did i say his name was something scott um uh uh, great scott uh let me find it (laughs) sean mccoy no scott at all um Anyway, it he, was an S name. Yeah, uh, his his suggestion was that like many days might just be an empty room and like very little other than just like a short little word saying empty room and a square or a circle or mm. whatever. Um, you know, really, and I have overcommitted by a lot. And this is a two page a. This is a full A five or two A sixes. Um, one side with textual right. description and the other side with like a map. Um, and in this case colored, although I do yeah. really enjoy doing the watercolors and that's what I was getting at is like, I've, I found that, um, over doing this practice over these last two months, um, I have gotten more confident in my ability, but my technique has not like, I found things that work for me. Like I don't have fine motor control the way some people do. I cannot mm. write, um, I cannot consistently make marks where I want at a certain level of resolution. Ah, sure. So like pointillism or something like that. Yeah. And so, um, or more just like if I want to draw, like, so my handwriting, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, is what I would describe as like atrocious. Um, I mean, it's legible. I can read it. it, it, That is true. It is legible and you can read it. But if you look at it, you'll notice that like there's very little consistency between letters. Like, oh yes, like and, you're, you're a an A over here doesn't look like an A over on this side of the page, or like exactly, yeah. yeah. Like I just don't seem to be able to hit repeatability, um, and my hands get shaky uh, or are very often very shaky. So I but don't. This draw... is probably what necessitated word processing and fonts in the first place. Oh, absolutely no. I mean, there's this isn't like a disability. It's like I'm just like reflecting on. Yeah. In the past, I was always like shied away from like a lot of like penmanship 
practices. Or, uh -huh. I mean, I tried for years when I was in college to develop my penmanship because I would take handwritten notes and I was like really making a concerted effort. And after um, a good four years of, of like pages and pages every day of handwritten notes, I could just never get past a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, and I would try different. I would try um, long, you know, longhand. I would try shorthand. I would try um, uh, cursive. Um, I have. I can get to a point where I have decent legible cursive, but it's yeah. never consistent. I can never write a full page where all the letters are basically the same size. Um, Interesting. Anyway, my point is that um, doing this practice, I have noticed that I have fallen into a groove of like what I think of as like good like the lines are not straight and it doesn't matter like yeah. they convey the idea and i know what i can i know what i can put down on the page and regardless of its variation it will continue to be um represent that idea right like i mm -hmm. draw the chairs and the tables and the tentacles and the little bushes and it's like none of them have to be perfect circles none of them have to be perfect straight lines um right you know and i and I do that and give myself room to do that. And then when I'm watercoloring, I also enjoy the watercolor because it also lends itself to looking good even when you don't stay in the lines. Um, totally. It, it like you have what it creates in my mind is a very coherent style. Yes. Like your style yep. is very consistent, even if little things are different or like your handwriting changes exactly. or whatever. Like yep. the way that you use color and the way that you draw the dungeons is like it's clear that it's yours from one to the next of them. Right. Right, exactly. And and my and and meant and much much like the way we do the audio for this podcast, like my goal yeah. is for clarity. It's not necessarily high style or like highly polished. Um, right. It's like I just want those ideas to be clearly expressed. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So are we talking about clear in terms of sound quality or clear in terms of um, just abstract? sound just sound quality like there's no question in your mind what that person said whether right. you understand their idea is beyond the scope like there's no amount of audio editing i'm prepared to do that's going to fix some of our um more esoteric rambly directions so now that raises an interesting idea wouldn't it be great if we could just go back and re-edit people to clarify what they meant after the fact like if there was some kind of magic edit button like that was unclear i'd like <laughs> yes. to redo that yes, right. i'd like to rephrase you yeah um, um <laughs> yeah so i i'm going to have to check on the reddit thread more often now because i'm actually like really taken in by this and yeah. and how everybody's different styles look and yeah, like they're... when i scroll through i i immediately know when i'm looking at one of yours versus somebody else's yeah yeah these yeah, are so great they're really great and everybody is doing very different um different things with their with their concepts like um you know some people are much more uh focused on having like a, a fully fleshed out 365 room dungeon at the end of this year um which i think is fantastic like i uh it didn't inspire me at the time um and so i just kind of like the idea of like just describing particular encounter spaces mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah and just sort of I, like inspirational concepts right 
Yeah, I, what I like too about the having these like little dungeon rooms set up ahead of time and then having a description of like, oh, the people in this bar seem a little weird maybe. Yes. Or whatever, is yeah. that um, these like these restrictions force the people playing the game to be creative about how they navigate the game because now there's an obstacle or there's like right. a, a, there's a restriction on, on what's possible or yes. like cues that are given to sort of steer where something might go. And I really like that because I in my own like existence lately i've been struggling with having like not enough walls uh, sure yeah and so my my life is just kind of like bleeding everywhere all the time right right and it, i'm having trouble like compartmentalizing my life a little bit but that's okay uh, it could be partly due to the fact that i'm incredibly sleep deprived <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't I sleep deprivation really wrecks your ability to do so many things. Yeah. Um, and it's weird too the way it eats away at it cuz it, I mean the degeneration of mind is like a very hard thing to deal with cuz it mm -hmm. you're, it's hard to be self-aware of it. Um Yes. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, you have this frustration. I also have this frustration. And yeah. every time I get shingles, I get a little demented because it mucks up your brain the same way that Alzheimer's does with the tau proteins. And so oh, you get kind of like yeah. not, you yeah, can't like, like fi find words for shit. And like, right. uh, and so anytime I'm sleep deprived, I get a little of that mm -hmm. now. And I'm like, oh God. And I'm all worried that I'm getting early onset dementia because of it. Well, um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. You seem you seem fine so far. Like <laughs> you remember my name. I don't really care after that. And you right. laugh at my terrible jokes. So like, I what else do I want out of life? You can just show me the same dungeon twenty three room over and over again. Yes, yes. Amazing. Yeah. I really like the lights. <laughs> I, I what I just said about laughing at my jokes. I was reminded that uh, my partner was telling me about how. Um, I don't remember how she uh, like this is one of those they say um, I'm sure there's <laughs> cited sources for it. I just don't know. But uh, basically she was saying how um, men often talk about what a sense of humor in a partner is, is that they laugh at their joke, like that their partner uh, laughs at their jokes, whereas yes. women often say they make me laugh or we laugh together. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I've often because I you make me laugh all the fucking time. Like we Yay. have a fantastic sense of humor, um, especially <laughs> when we get together and get into trouble. Uh, right. Like especially in sleep deprived, punchy moments of yes. delirium. <laughs> That's how this all came about. Yes. It was sleep deprived, punch drunk weirdness. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. 13 hours <laughs> in the car driving <laughs> up to go buy people some groceries because they can't figure it out for themselves. Um <laughs> I, we totally did that. I, I feel like I know like all oh. I can say about that as a listener, uh, if you're listening and you're just like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um, Meg and I work together. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really matter the details of that. But one time there was like a work weekend where, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all over the country where people were, we were all meeting together in one place. Mm -hmm. And um, and it ended up being it felt very much like the only reason we had to go was so that we could show up and be the adults and buy everybody groceries <laughs> using like, they're the ones who had access to all the resources to do this, right. but no one could figure out how to get themselves to the store with the uh -huh. list of groceries that they'd all agreed on and constructed right. themselves. And right. somehow we had to show up 
even though they had abilities to use the company credit card, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. like there was no reason. Fully empowered. Yeah. And we were by far traveling the furthest distance by a long shot. Like we were driving oh, like 13 yes. hours or some insane shit. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe it was nine. I feel like it was 13 though. It was 13 because yeah. we went from me to you and then yes, up. Yes, that's right. And, yep. it, and we did it in a straight shot without stopping or sleeping. Yep. And it was it was for sure 13 hours. And I think it might have only been that short because we pushed it so hard. Yes, yes. Like that's right. we drive a lot yes. faster yeah. and took a lot more risks than most people would have at the time. Yes. And in order to get there in a, in a manageable time frame and we did but it yeah. was like grueling and crazy making yep yep yeah anyway um i'm kind of mixing like we actually did a couple of these trips and every time there's something yes. kind of like that um where we were just yeah. like showing up and like wait why why did we put all this effort into this thing when like the one thing that they actually needed us to do could have been done trivially by, by somebody else and yeah. why are we the only ones who thought of this anyway um <laughs> Uh, we also was... we recorded one podcast yes. right after we went on a cannonball run up to San Francisco and back for that's the Trish right. conference. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, and that we were was a good super one. sleep deprived we when we super... recorded that one because yeah. we did it right when we got back, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, we I like, feel got like back we like... and we were just like, let's do it. Yeah, it was like daytime. We were like, let's sit down and do this thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was a that was an amazing trip. Yeah. So, uh, um, land yaps. <laughs> <laughs> a lanyap we got on that trip was having to pay eighty dollars for valet parking for an hour. What? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not a lanyap. That's a curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. Um, oh, the, uh, the watercolors. So. We yeah. did a recent uh, podcast actually about watercolors. I think it actually just published we sure did. today, uh, or no, on Monday of this week, on the twentieth. Yeah. So three days. A couple ago. days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. The anyway. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, so the lanyap thing is cool. Uh, I also it occurred to me like I sent you a lanyap recently. You did. Um, a little micro art. Yes, and I'm building a tiny little frame for it, and yeah. I'm gonna like put gold paint on it, so it's very fancy, and Fantastic. I'm gonna like build it up so that it has you know dimension to the frame, like the big gilded frames that you see in huge museums and stuff. Nice, nice. And then I have to figure out where to put it. I want to put it someplace that is itself also a lanyap. So like when you, I don't know, like for example, in my bathroom, when mm -hmm. you sit down on my toilet and shut yes. the door, there's a picture there like staring you in the eye. Right, right. Which you don't see normally because the door to the bathroom is open and it obscures the picture. So the yes. only time that you're really in the position to see the picture is when you're sitting down pooping. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or peeing if you're or a pee, yes. a sit and pee person. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I sent you a, a tiny little watercolor that is like, yes like uh three and a half inches by two and a half inches it's so great too and yeah. it has like it has just the perfect amount of detail for a painting of that size yeah i've been really enjoying um kind of exploring that uh because i because of the dungeon 23 that's how i kind of got, got on on that right. tra trap because i was like oh how am i going to color these i want to color that's the other amazing thing about the hobonichi they yeah. they are by far not um watercolor paper um mm -hmm. the hobonichi paper is that tomo river like really and they have hobonichi the paper in hobonichi is like also special for hobonichi i think um yes. i don't think you can just get it from tomo river i think the tomo river paper you normally get is a little bit thicker um, i think you are right about this 
Yeah, so the papers in the Hobonichi Journal is amazing because it's super, super thin. It's like, um, sometimes people call it like Bible paper because uh, Bibles oftentimes are printed on super thin yeah. paper so they can make that huge, dense book more compact and easier It does carry. remind me of that yeah. a little bit. And it's also... Uh, although yeah, this ahead. like this is sturdier. Like the, this is sturdier. Yeah. Like it would be harder to tear. I've never torn a page in my Hobonichi because no. I oh, this yes. seems like sacrilege. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I have torn Bible paper yeah. one time to try and roll a joint, and it did not work very well. <laughs> and I was co- I was goaded into this by somebody else. And I I also am terrible at rolling any kind of smokable sure. anything, and yeah. so the whole thing was just, just a complete a failure. And we wrecked a Bible. Um, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, of all the great. books to wreck, like I, I, Bible or not, I really don't like destroying or defacing books. Um, right. Just because I, I write think, in my books, but I do it as an act of love and uh, right. And I think they're, I think they're um, an amazing artifact. And even though I have strong feelings, sort of negative feelings towards the Bible, it doesn't mean that I advocate destroying it. However, I will say yeah. that. It's one of the most prolifically copied books. Like, there's so many copies of it that if yeah. there is a book that you're going to tear pages out, that one's a good one because you're really unlikely to be destroying like novel, mm-hmm. unique information. Um, right. And so, in that case, a lot of a like, lot of redundant like, backup. Yeah, copies. like bi- Bibles are Bibles are a good place to go if you're looking to you know des- not desecrate, but you know modify desecrate. like modify. If you want to desecrate a book, hit the yeah. Bible. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna make so many people angry. Yeah. Um, oh, but if they okay. listen, which I, they yeah, don't, so it's say, fine. I don't think uh, if if that's the thing that ruins you for listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> you're not good. Because I mean, not good. I'm sorry, but also, yeah. You know, we weren't. You weren't going to be our listener, our avid listener anyway, because right. we say way worse things about. <laughs> about all kinds of stuff about all kinds of shit yes. <laughs> you name it we're there yeah. um, um, i need to find a plug-in for my computer uh-oh hurry up i will um okay. uh, while you do that i will yeah. um also quip this other thing uh so mark twain yes. um wrote a book in 1883 called life on the mississippi and he also mentions lanyap in there and the quote um, according to Wikipedia, is we picked up one excellent word, a word worth traveling to New Orleans to get, a nice, limber, expressive, handy word, lanyap. They pronounce it lanyap, um, so kind of a, a Y in the middle or an E sound in the middle. Um, when a child or a servant boy, uh, sorry, when a child or a servant buys something in a shop or even the mayor or governor for aught I know, he finishes the operation by saying, give me something for lanyap. Or oh. um, the shopman always responds, uh, gives the child a bit of licorice root. Oh, so um, yeah, it's uh, so I believe. So how did how did they use the word lanyap again? Say the sentence again. Is did they say for a lanyap? Uh, yeah. So um, he says uh, he finishes the operation by saying, "Give me something for lanyap." For lanyap. Yep. For lanyap, and that's interesting. I, I mean, this is this is uh, Southern English uh, from eighteen eighties, uh, so it's. I'm not surprised that it may have evolved. I also don't know um, how. I did not hear the word used while I was in New Orleans recently. Um, I think it would have stuck out because we talked about it uh, prior to my trip. Yeah, um, but what I was going to say is that. 
uh, it's, um, I think it's kind of an awesome, fun thing to do with people. Like it's, it's to me, it embodies this thing where I'm like, as especially speaking of Christianity and, and religion and all of that, mm-hmm. it's like, I, as an atheist, like I'm not super vested in particular holidays or days of gift giving, but I love right. gift giving. And so yes, I have the same exact problem. Yeah. Or not problem, but condition or situation. Condition, feeling about it, right? Like it's sort of, um, and so for me, it's like, this occurs to me that it's like, I can just give people things and say, this is for Lanyap. Right. Here you go. This is for Lanyap. And they can be like, what the fuck? And I'd be like, I don't know. You fucking look it up. You tell me. That's right. (laughs) Uh, There used to be a store at the Mall of America called the Sanrio Gift Gate. And oh, it yeah? was like a Sanrio store and they had all the different Sanrio characters and like I got tons of little lunch pails there with different characters on them. Yeah. And whenever you would buy something from their store, they would give you Lanyap. You get like a little trinket, usually on yeah. like a little string or something. So you could hook it to a keychain or to like your cell phone or whatever. And it was a little, it was a little bits and bobs of stuff. And I, I have like a whole collection of them upstairs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, little toys. And then I little like toys. to take stuff like that, Yeah, like little toys or trinkets or things that you get, and I like to glue them to clocks and then like hang the clock oh, so that I can yeah. see it all the time. But it's not like a bunch of weird knick-knacky stuff I have to right. figure out what to do with. Yeah. So I'm not throwing it out, but I'm also not like hiding it away somewhere in some right. junk right. box. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I these are, um, I almost think we should do an episode uh, on sort of like modern day artifacts. Ooh. Um. Because I think about like all of the little, all the little things that sort of get collected. It's like I have, mm-hmm. um, like my friend, she likes little robots. And so she has lots of different like action figures and little robots and things that various people have given to her over the years or she's yeah. kind of collected. Um, and, and none of it is like, I do like the, I like the collection that's for the joy of the thing as opposed to like the serious, like I'm, collecting baseball cards and I need one of each or I need, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's sort of um, like each object is just sort of unique in itself uh, for the joy of it as opposed to some intrinsic collectible value, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Uh, I think Happy Meals are kind of like the ultimate cultural lanyap in America, maybe. Yes. Yeah. In my my lifetime. Yeah. I think that comes up first. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't. I'm thinking about uh, my partner has kids and her children. They they have those things, and for sure there was a period I remember where they they did enjoy like getting the toys from Happy Meals. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It had the same. I remember growing up like that was kind of at least for me like we didn't eat. I generally rarely had it at McDonald's. Um, but when I did, it was like getting a Happy Meal was cool because like you know you yeah. get this fucking awesome toy. Um, right. Yeah, but uh, in hindsight, it was like, man, that shit was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, like you said, like, but but was it because it brought me a lot of joy? Sure, you know, it's hard to say, right? Like, I guess we could get really uh like specific and be like oh perhaps they could have like made it out of materials that weren't polluting the planet and weren't like cheap plastic crap because like yeah arguably that doesn't help anything i mean i don't know like i'm with you on this i think the happy meal toys were great like we loved them too and it was like i i think in some cases like 
the novelty of it, like the surprise and the ever-changing form of the toy that came with your meals like it was set to a theme at the time or whatever that changed or they were seasonal or whatever and it was like the sort of newness of it was almost as important to me I guess as like the collectability of it um for sure we had scads of toys because we we got taken to mcdonald's all the time (laughs) which is like not a good thing but uh it's true um we had all the toys all the time and uh they brought us a lot of joy and we liked collecting them and it didn't matter to us that they were not as like high quality as a barbie or something like that i don't think sure yeah i think it was like sort of irrelevant to us um the uh, to to assess and and rank the toys based on that was not something that we were concerned with. <laughs> right, right. Um, I think also the fact that they were kind of like non precious objects made it easy maybe to like purge them after a time. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean that's kind of um, you know I mean if we want to get into the the issue of waste like you know our at least in the Western country, like plastic is just, um, choking us. It's yeah. I mean, it's just a tragedy. Like what a fucking useful material it became. And so how cheap it Mm -hmm. was to, or how cheap it is to manufacture with it. It's like, um, it's, I think it becomes really hard to not use it. Right. Um, you know, it's really hard to argue for other materials. And then of course, like most things, um, you know, other materials become a problem if you scale them to plastic. It's like we couldn't, mm-hmm. if we were doing, you know, wood, like we couldn't produce probably enough wood to keep up with the amount of plastic that we're able to produce and manufacture and, and you know, bend to our our desires. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think of like uh, <laughs> one industry that relies really, really heavily on plastics and polymers is the medical care industry like you couldn't go to a hospital and get treated for shit without plastic right i mean i don't see how you could at this point yeah it's just so foundational to how um like how medicine is is produced administered stored transported like uh, like so many things um, and it's, it has to be single use because of the issue of contamination. So like, it, right. I mean, there as uh, clearly there's still like autoclaves, autoclaving medical instruments and things like that, that are durable and reusable. But like, for the most part, you don't really want to reuse that shit on people. And there's a lot of stuff that's developed that is non-reusable. There was, in fact, I just learned about this. There was this huge fucking scandal in China, because in the 1990s, they allowed the AIDS virus to flourish in the population because they were reusing like medical equipment when people were selling their blood for money. Oh, yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and they covered it up. And this is a prime example of why you don't want to reuse shit. Yeah, yeah. It's unsanitary. It yeah, yeah. I mean, problems, there was, so. I, I think there was like in the dental um, world, like they had to replace some of the tools. Like there was a point where it was like people were getting infections like AIDS infections yeah. and similar like highly um awful transmissible infections. Yeah. infections yeah so yeah i uh oh we also used to get lanyaps at the at the dentist yes. yep yeah um we always used to get little finger puppets yeah 
Yeah. Did I you think, get the weird little monster finger puppets too at the dentist? Sometimes my I feel like um at least one dentist I remember as a child, afterwards there was like a toy bin that you could go dig okay. through and pull out something. And it might be it was anything from a lollipop to those little finger monsters yeah. to like um like a cheap yo-yo or whatever. Like there was just like this odd collection of various goodies that you could um one one could pick something from. Uh, yeah yeah i think i think maybe not lollipops at the dentist i think they were pretty hip to like the idea of like i'm not gonna give you sugar i'm i think we might have gotten lollipops at the dentist to be honest with you yes i do which as you point out is oxymoronic and completely baffling yeah Uh, especially if you just got out of a chair with like a fluoride treatment or whatever Uh like what are you doing Uh but yeah we used to get the finger puppets and i personally like the finger puppets because they last longer than a sucker Mm mm-hmm and so I would like, I had a whole collection. I think I still do of oh, the yeah. finger puppets that I got at the dentist. Yeah. And this raises two other memories for me or two thoughts. One is that if you ever have to go to some kind of corporate event, you get lanyapped to death. Yes. Like they, here's this weird zebra striped pen that writes really poorly. And here's this like pad of paper with a I, magnet I, on the back. And I would like, argue what? that in some ways those are not <clears throat> lanyapped because, oh? because of the marketing aspect of it. Okay. Like that makes sense. When you go to a trade show, the things that you are given for free are a transaction of here, advertise for me. Like mm-hmm. take this pen that has my name written all over it. Take this like wall calendar that reminds you every day to buy products from us. Like you right. know what I mean? Like that's that's a little bit I I mean I could be wrong, but I would argue that um that's certainly not a lanyap that I would take or appreciate or that I appreciate. Yeah. Um, although when we went to the Trish conference, we got those um, those replicate replica yes. med kits from the yes. Apollo missions. And <clears throat> those, those cool. I would argue is a kind of lanyap, right? Because it mm-hmm. wasn't um, unbranded. It was unbranded. It was very particular to that. Like it. I, I don't know. To me, it just had that consideration of like. This is truly intended as a gift. I'm very excited for you to have this. Yeah. Um, because of, I think you will enjoy it. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into the the whole concept. Um, no, I mean, in I many ways, right. like the merchant transaction <laughs> is exactly why, like the fact that Lanyap comes from the concept of like that sort of competitive marketing environment. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of full of shit, right? Like it's yeah. the the logical conclusion <laughs> is that Lanyaps are like, ideally it's like, here, have a free tattoo on your forehead that says drink Coke. Like <laughs> yeah, it's free. You can have it. It's free. Yeah. Free satin tote. Yeah. For the nausea. For the nausea. There is. Yeah. That's from um, squid billies. Like they get this. <laughs> The squids go to the doctor because yes. the doctor is offering like uh-huh. to implant this computer into their heads that makes them smoke cigarettes. Uh-huh. And and they're like, but if you agree to go along with this like mind control surgery to force you to be addicted and smoke as many cigarettes as you physically can, uh-huh. we'll give you this free satin toad. <laughs> And they're like, free satin tote. And they're like, right, but it's for the nausea from smoking so much. They're like, right, but free satin tote. Free satin tote, yes. And so this has kind of like become this inside joke between me Uh and Damon. Like when somebody gives you this weird like, but we'll throw in this. You're like, that barely helps. (laughs) It's for the nausea, though. Yeah, but free satin tote. Like, right. Uh, I'd rather not be nauseated (laughs) than have a free satin tote. Thanks. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't really cover it. 
Um, the other thought that I had, besides uh, the the idea of whether or not corporations get about lanyaps at trade shows, is um, that there is a lanyap store. It's Archie McPhee. They're out in like Washington, yes. and yeah. everything they have in their store is just like a little weird thing to throw on with something else. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that place. And they have those little finger puppets that I used yeah. to get at the dentist, too. Yeah. Yeah. Lanyaps are great. They great. <clears throat> They fit into so many different, like, settings and contexts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really when do. I, when I order seeds, I often get a free package or two of seeds that I maybe or maybe wouldn't have chosen to begin with like sometimes the fun is in getting something that you're like wow i wouldn't have actually probably ever thought to grow this right and then you get like interesting or unusual or like unique or rare seeds and they send them to you along with what your order was Mm -hmm. and then you get strange things in your house like (laughs) gosh i don't know what i have in here right now but i've gotten all kinds of lanyap seeds Uh uh-huh yeah yeah, I I do love that. I'm trying to think of any other contexts, and I'm I'm starting to draw a blank. Uh oh. I know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's been an hour. We could call it. Um, oh, I definitely. Yeah. yeah, like I probably have to go work. Um, I have to go a, work as a responsible well. adult. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. We don't. We still don't have colors of the day, um, which okay. is just kind of a bummer. But we'll have to work on that. Um, we do have uh, a possible new segment called "Long Story Short." Yeah. Um, which we'll probably need to work up a little bit more. But um, I think for today, I'll use the example. So. Um, right. Yeah. The other day, I was uh, driving to work, or no, I was driving to the grocery store. And I uh, was on my way there. And anyway, long story short, combine harvesters are very expensive and high maintenance. So <laughs> just going to leave that little nugget for you. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Bye.